Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, November 7th. I'm Rob Litters, here with Sarah Friedman, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to talk about the big business of bringing bankrupt companies back from the dead. Yes, corporate Dr. Frankenstein seems to be rolling in dough, but how does it actually work and what does it actually take to turn a bankrupt company around? We're going to talk about that more in a moment, but first, let's catch up on everything else that's making headlines in the world of business and tech. First up, Bumble Inc.'s founder, Whitney Wolf Hurd, is stepping down as CEO of the dating company. She will be replaced by Lydian Jones, the CEO of Slack Technologies, Inc. And this is really kind of the passing of a torch. Whitney Wolf Hurd, I think, famously worked at Tinder for a long time and struck out to build Bumble into Tinder's biggest competitor. Super, super impressive and honestly, the end of an era. Tyson Foods is voluntarily recalling 30,000 pounds of dino-shaped chicken nuggets, which I probably honestly bought for my son in the last couple of weeks, after some buyers found metal pieces in their chicken. There's been one minor oral injury caused by the nuggets, according to the USDA. Sounds like there's probably more to come there. Disney announced Hugh Johnson as its new CFO. Johnson spent the last 34 years in various positions at PepsiCo, most recently as its CFO. This is weird. Multiple guests at a Bored Ape event in Hong Kong later reported a strange burning sensation in their eyes, possibly due to intense stage lighting, or just maybe the truth that crypto isn't going anywhere burning in front of their face. (laughs) The FDA may ban brominated vegetable oil, also known as BMO, an additive used in citrus drinks that may lead to thyroid and reproductive toxicity and developmental neurotoxicity. It's already banned in Europe, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, and California. Lastly, Epic Games lost to Apple, but now it's taking on Google. Both lawsuits have centered on tech giants' requirement that developers funnel payments through their app stores, resulting in a hefty cut of revenue. And with that, let's move on to our main story today. Bankrupt brands happen all the time, especially in the last few years. It seems like a ton of retailers specifically have gone bankrupt. Sarah, you wrote an awesome piece in the newsletter today all about bringing bankrupt brands back from the dead. What is actually going on here? How do you bring a bankrupt company back from the dead? Yeah. So as you said, we see this all the time. We've written about, I mean, endless retailers going bankrupt, but you notice that you hear about a bankruptcy filing and then you continue to see the retailer selling products. So essentially what's happening there is brands will go bankrupt, be liquidated, and essentially be sold for parts. And then other companies, whether they're competitors or niche firms that acquire bankrupt businesses, will buy the intellectual property. So we've seen this with Forever 21. They filed for bankruptcy in 2019. They were actually bought in 2020 by three separate companies. There's Radio Shack. They went bankrupt in 2015 and has since 
changed hands twice. And I believe their parent company is now flirting with bankruptcy in their own right. So not going so well over there. And then there's Pier 1 Imports that shuttered its brick and mortar stores after going bankrupt in 2020. But its e-commerce site lives on. So if you Google Pier 1, you can purchase a mirror or a chair. So they come back to life even after very publicly declaring bankruptcy. It's really crazy. Like I just literally searched stores that have gone bankrupt due to coronavirus. Because I remember seeing this crazy list Mm -hmm. back in kind of like mid-pandemic. And it is like a who's who of basically everybody that would be in your local mall. It's really crazy. It honestly doesn't seem like bankruptcy means anything anymore because the headline of the article talks about how Alamo Drafthouse is the latest big name to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And I literally just read they're opening one in the seaport in Boston, yeah, which is like, they are. okay, so I guess bankruptcy just doesn't mean much. But you look at it and like you said, there's some really, really big names on that list. I mean, J. Crew went bankrupt during the pandemic, Neiman Marcus, where I started my career. Honestly, it doesn't surprise me though, because they had such a niche product and just way too many stores. Mm -hmm. But JCPenney, like you said, Pier One, all these huge, huge stores, you mentioned that a lot of these retailers will file for bankruptcy and then they'll either be sold for parts or they could be purchased by a number of companies. A lot of them end up changing hands. When companies go under what actually happens, what are a lot of these retailers doing with the brands? Yeah. So essentially, they're after their intellectual property, which includes everything from the branding to customer data to product designs, domain names, literally everything. All of those pieces go up for sale when a brand declares bankruptcy. So sometimes we see that it's a rival brand that is buying up these businesses. So Nike bought Converse, Overstock bought Bed Bath & Beyond. Those are some big recent examples. But there's also specialized firms that kind of scoop up up to 50 of these types of retailers. One of them, which is kind of a giant in the space, is called Authentic Brands Group. So they own more than 50 clothing labels, some very familiar, as you said, strip mall names, Quicksilver, Brooks Brothers, Barneys. These are retailers we all know. And they buy them up and acquire all of their intellectual property and can then license the rights and rake in the royalties. And that's kind of the business model there. It's so crazy. It really seems like the private equity firms that buy up software Mm -hmm. companies The playbook that's kind of like become a meme for private equity firms is they buy the software business, they do a few rounds of layoffs and really kind of cut the organization down and then they raise prices. Like That's kind of like the typical or traditional shorthand for what a private equity firm does with a software business. And that's why you see all of these kind of quasi private equity firms popping up today that have much more of kind of like a founder-focused and founder-friendly approach where they kind of promise that they're not going to do all that stuff, right? They're Mm -hmm. kind of like the Warren Buffett of SaaS or the software world now. Like, There's a firm called Tiny that's doing this. There are a few others that I've heard of. But you mentioned authentic brands. Like That is really, really interesting. And I feel like can be super, super lucrative when you're talking about brands that have crazy name recognition. Like, I think I still have a Quicksilver bathing suit, which is crazy because like, <laughs> I haven't like, been aware of Quicksilver since I was in like high school, but serious name recognition there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And they're making real money off of these brands. In 2020, they had revenue that neared $490 million, and the company was recently valued at $20 billion. Crazy. So yeah, it's fascinating because when you hear that a brand has declared bankruptcy, at least for me, my mind immediately assumes that it was completely unsuccessful and a massive failure. But that's obviously not true. These brands are bringing companies like Authentic Brands Group a massive amount of money and it's a really lucrative business. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email and have a terrific Tuesday. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.